Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm Luke Stuckmeyer. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Stuckmeyer. Cody Del Mendo, Cody underscore CHGO, and making his CHGO Cubs podcast debut, Kyle Williams, K underscore Williams Media, and out in Arizona in his floral shirt at the beach, <laughs> Ryan underscore A underscore Herrera. You can find all his content that he's writing out there in Arizona in the member section when you sign up as a member at allchgo.com. Ryan is vibing. Oh, he is vibing. But you know what? We're all vibing because we've got good Cubs news to talk about. Hell yeah. They finally opened up the checkbook and they finally wrote a big one for somebody. It appears all we're waiting for is the physical still. Seiya Suzuki, five years, $85 million for the Japanese star, and the Cubs have found themselves a young outfielder. He's going to be 28 in the middle of this season. What do you think of the signing? Uh, first reaction this morning when I woke up and crawled out of bed and saw it um, was, you know, finally. It was kind of like a, like, finally, the Cubs have done something that fans can get excited about. I know Stroman was that, but that was also... It's a three-month break. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And, you know, I don't want to take anything away from that, but it just – you felt like the, the way that the market was moving and seeing some of these names drop off, you're like, are the Cubs going to do anymore? Like, I didn't blame people for thinking that we weren't going to spend after, even after signing Stroman. So, it's just kind of – to me, it was kind of like a sigh of relief. Like, okay, cool. Like, there's – we're going to do something here. We're going we're gonna to try and, and compete in the Central this year. What do you think, Kyle? I mean, it, it, first of all, it's one of the biggest deals ever for a Japanese player. It is the biggest deal for a Japanese position player. I mean, I picked a good day for my podcasting debut. I'm, it's <laughs> a, you had a, we, there's the power bat. They've been looking for that power bat, and they showed they were willing to spin, and he's young enough. Oh, yeah. There it is. That's for the, the debut and for the power bat. <laughs> Appreciate you, <laughs> Joey. But it's just it's a great, great addition to the team. He's like you said, turning 28, and he's going to be here, hopefully in the prime of his career. He could be that kind of bridge between these next two years, but then when those younger guys come up as well. Yeah. Yeah, and Ryan, when you look at this player, you know, there's a lot of things to like. He fills a lot of different holes. The one he doesn't fill is the left-handed bat, but not only is he a contact hitter first, doesn't strike out a lot, walks more than he strikes out, he also has that pop in his bat, and he can play multiple positions. We 
we hear that it's really corner outfield would be where he'd be best, maybe right field, but it, it does seem like a really good fit for the Cubs. Ryan might have locked up on us. Either that or he's just frozen. You know, people do the Zoom calls and they freeze um, it and then they go to the beach. Like you said, he's probably for oh, outfielder. He's back. There he is. We got you. We are struggling. We're struggling. Let's move. Let's move forward. Let's all move right, forward. All right. So we'll talk about it just for a second. Like I said, I mean, one of the things is you look at his his numbers <laughs> from Japan, and it really sort of you would think it will translate well because sometimes the power guys don't necessarily translate right away to Major League Baseball. Right. But a contact guy first is more likely to do that. Do you see him as a good fit? not only in the lineup, but also in the outfield potentially. Well, I mean, right now, the way the outfield shapes up, you're looking at Ian Happ in left, a uh, combination of Rafael Ortega and Michael Hermosillo in, in center, I would assume, and then Suzuki and Clint Frazier in, in right, but mainly Suzuki. You don't pay that kind of money for a guy to platoon. So, um, you know, with and Hayward probably as well, but he's probably definitely going to be more of a fourth outfielder. So, I mean – they definitely have a lot of options. You know, they can uh, – there's days for <clears throat> Ian Happ, exa for example, they want to DH him one day, then you can put Suzuki in left and use other guys right. in right. Um, they're they're going to have so many options, but corner outfield just sounds, sounds perfect for him in my eyes. It could maybe signal the end of Jason Hayward playing every day in right field, whether that means uh, – you know, David Ross was asked the question, and he wouldn't answer specifically by saying, you know – because the deal wasn't done. The, the physical hasn't been passed. The name isn't out there. And you just said, we're excited about the player, right? Mm -hmm. But Jason Hayward wants to win, and he'll do whatever it, that is. I don't know if that means Jason Hayward is going to be a platoon guy maybe this year, or if it means he'd have to be willing to move over to center field at some point. Both options. That's, I, but this is the kind of ideal roster that Ross has wanted, the flexibility, the per positional versatility you can mix and match guys on different days like you said Hayward might have to move around will he be willing to I think he will just because of the type of lead excuse me the leader he's shown to be yeah I mean he he played some center whenever that sure. Cubs absolutely needed it and I mean I'm not a major league player but how much different is left and right I mean I'm sure he could he'd go over there too I mean the guy has a gold glove for a reason so as he's gotten older obviously the offense has, dro has, has, has dropped, but the defense has remained there. So he still has value, you know, as, like I said, like a fourth outfielder and stuff like that. So, again, I'm just really interested to see how Ross plays it on a day-to-day -day basis because I do think the outfield, there is no real set in stone, except that I really think Suzuki is going to be out there every day. But, yeah. No well, doubt. when you pay that kind of money, right? you would like to start playing him, and he's young. You want to see what you have. <clears throat> Uh, let's try Ryan Am again. I Ryan, good? you hear us? You Am got it? Oh yeah. yeah okay. Much better. Oh, beautiful. beautiful. Right, Very nice. Right. What do you What do you think well, of the signing? Was there any buzz out there at Sloan Park today? People talking about uh, Suzuki? Uh, honestly, I don't know that that many of the Cubs players at least knew. We talked to Anderson Simmons uh, not that long ago, and he said he hadn't heard about it. So. Um, no, but I mean, there's a buzz just around, you know, I, I know the Twitter sphere. And, and let me tell you this. I've set my alarm for like six in the morning here, like our time, just to wake up, you know, get, get a good start to the day. I did not expect that alarm to also come with the, the tweet that uh, 
Suzuki was going to the Cubs. So um, that was unbelievable. But as far as, you know, the outfield, you got to take into account Ian Happ, you know, the elbow. Will they, you know, maybe try to uh, give him a little more days off or at least move him to the DH so he's not playing too much outfield and stuff like that. Uh, Jason Hayward has shown like a willingness in the past to move maybe to center field uh, or move out of, you know, right field where he's comfortable. You got, I mean, you're going to have a bunch of center field options. There's just a bunch of other outfield options. Michael Hermosillo, Rafael Ortega. So, um, you know, Brennan Davis, if he comes up, I, I, I think he's going to be up at some point this year. So um, there's going to be a lot of options. And I like Kyle said, the, you know, David Ross likes the, the, plus of, the flexibility of, of a roster. And I think, um, you know, you bring in Suzuki. You, you got a lot of people walking by me. Bring in Suzuki. Uh, you got Jay Hay out there. You got Ian Happy. You just have a, a bunch of different options. To, you know, give guys days off. Give you know, move guys around the outfield, and, and I think that's that's the ideal type of outfield that that David Ross is looking for. And you know, Suzuki could be an everyday right fielder. Um, I think that's where he might fit, and, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. You make a good point about Hap's injury, and this allows you to be flexible with that depending on what happens and how long it takes him to get back. And also with Brennan Davis, you know, I know Cubs fans are excited to see him and most believe that he's going to be up, you know, a month or two into the season at, at the worst. Um, and if that's the case, great. Then you find the flexibility and you just have, you have more guys you can move around. If he shows for some reason that he's not quite ready or you want to take it a little bit slower with him, you have two options. One, you can leave him down in the minors for a little bit, a little more seasoning, because Suzuki now gives you that flexibility of having an, another everyday outfielder. Or when he comes up, I personally, when Brendan Davis comes up, I want to see him play every day. But another alternative plan can be, if this is the way David Ross chooses, is easing him into the major leagues. You know, kind of like you do with a quarterback sometimes in the NFL. You could find favorable matchups for Brendan Davis just to get his feet wet early on and say, all right, we're going to set you up to put you in the best position possible to build that confidence in the major leagues. And when it's a good matchup for you, you're playing. When it's not, we've got all this, all these other players that we can slide in there right now early in the season. And to me, they've kind of created a pretty good situation in the outfield. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing about Brennan Davis, I think whether he gets, you know, four or five at-bats every night right away when he comes up or not, like, I think that'll be based on, like, who's performing. Like, is a Michael Hermosillo finally going to take advantage of the opportunity that is presented to him? Will Rafael Ortega continue to do what he was doing in the second half of last year? Um, you know, and Clint Frazier, is he going to, you know, finally take, like, take advantage of an opportunity? Like, if, those, if one or two of those guys actually is outperforming what we expect – yeah, I could see that slowing down Brennan Davis getting every day at bats. But at the same time, I mean, it, I, you can't bank on that. So to me, it's like when he gets called up, I think he, you just throw him in the fire. I think he's that talented. I think he's that good. He went from South Bend all the way to Iowa last year in a in a minor league season that wasn't a normal minor league season. Yeah. So uh, to, me, to me, he has proven to me that, you know, he's – He's ready for the major leagues. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not no scout or anything, so I understand why did he might start in AAA. But, again, I, I, there's just a lot of, like, if this happens or this happens, that might affect uh, Davis's at-bats. But, 
I mean, again, I'm, I'm down to just throw them to the fire as well. All I know is I, when I woke up this morning and I saw the news that Suzuki was signing with the Cubs, five years, $85 million, the first thing I did was really start to dig up as many videos as I could of him swinging the bat, you know, because honestly, I didn't believe in my heart that he was coming to the Cubs. It was great that Tom Ricketts met with him, but I just kind of thought, ah, this is a long shot. He's probably going to the Padres. He's going to go out um, with you, Darvish, or somebody on the West Coast. I didn't know that it was going to happen. So when it did, I started playing videos left and right. And one thing you like to see is a short, compact swing that allows him to be, you know, hit the ball first, don't worry about the power. But also, he's got the pop. So the combination of those two and where his ceiling might be is pretty exciting when you look at the type of player that he could project to be. You know, maybe he's not an all-star player now, but the potential is there for him to do that because that's exactly what he was in Japan. Absolutely. I, I thought of two things once um, I saw the signing. One, Ryan texted our Slack, and I thought it was very early for Ryan to be up, but now that he <laughs> says that he sets the alarm, it makes a lot more sense. And two, yeah. I looked up as much as I could on um, Suzuki and Zip's projections, which is on fan graphs. They right. projected him to be a 287 Batting average, 351 OBP, 480 slugging percentage, and 23 home runs, 85 RBI. And this is just at no particular ballpark. So if that's the more conservative side of how he projects for this season, I'm okay with that. And if he overperforms, that's amazing. And you should have your hard hats ready on Waveland. That's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ryan, when you look at that type of player, do you think that's a good fit for the Cubs? You know, not just the flexibility, but, you know, it seems like that's something they've tried to do is contact first. You know, they went from the guys that there was a lot of swing and miss on the core, and it led to some problems, obviously, in the postseason. When everybody's cold, everybody's cold. This seems to be the type of player that Jed Hoyer would like to start to add to the team more often when he can. You know, there's other guys that have shown that that's – looks like his blueprint yeah and i think uh you know one of the things that kind of stands out that he's 27 i mean he's, he's still young enough that he can be you know he's not he, he'll be like in his prime years because some of these other guys are coming up you know even brennan davis is coming up when you know any of these other top prospects are starting to make their debuts um and so he fits that you know they want to compete now and they're trying to show us that they want to compete now but he's also, you know, a piece that could be in a few years when all the, you know, all the big future pieces are up, he's going to be there too. And I think so he fits both of those things, um, which is really nice. And I, you know, I, I think one of the knocks, maybe, maybe not a knock, but um, one of the wish lists, I guess, uh, a lefty power bat or another lefty big bat. Um, and so he's a righty. So, uh, but I think he'll, you don't know how it's going to translate from, from Japan to, to coming over here, but I think, um, he could be a very good player for this team, especially when they're they're looking to compete. A culture adjustment, you know, early on. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the Japanese players have found that early in their careers is, you know, living in the United States and, and traveling quickly to other cities, it's a big cultural adjustment for the players. But, you know, that's something he'll tackle early on in his career. And I thought one of the things that, you know, I think a lot of Cubs fans went to bed a little disappointed. Not that Anthony Rizzo didn't come back to the Cubs and went to the Yankees for two years, $32 million. It was just that 
it was clearly the end of that era. You know, it was yeah. Rizzo's not coming back. They thought a lot of guys might come back. Okay, now Rizzo's not coming back. Now Schwarber's not coming back. Now Javi's not coming back. Rizzo, two years, $32 million, But, of course, the report has always been that he turned down five years, 70 for the Cubs at one point. And you look at this contract for Suzuki and you go, hmm, that's a real close comparison between the two. And he's five years younger, although he has proven nothing at the major league level. Clearly, the Cubs are looking younger. And they're trying to get a little bit, you know, well, they're, they're trying to get younger. That's one of the things they're trying to do with their next core being a bunch of guys still in the minor leagues. Right. Well, I mean, with, with Rizzo, the whole thing, um, clearly, Luke, very clear, it's been very clear that I've been on board to, to bring him back. Um, not cause not only because, you know, he has a big part of my Cubs fandom and stuff like that, but there just wasn't a lot of options at first base. Like, sure. Yeah. Frank Schwindel was, you know, Frank the tank. he was Frank the tank in September and he had, you know, he was honestly, he was great in the second half in general, but you know, winning rookie of the month in, in September, I think it was. Um, but his sample size but it's the very same sample result. size exactly right. you didn't you didn't have that and then honestly you know you look at the market yeah Freddie Freeman's still out there and then then it was Rizzo and you know Matt Olson if you were going to be able to wing a trade with the A's um, which the Braves Braves eventually did um, but other than that there weren't like a ton of great options so to me it was always like yeah it would make a lot of sense to bring him back because like, it's not like we have a first baseman in the minors that's ready to go right now. Um, so, yeah, to, last night I was a little, you know, sad, disappointed, whatever. But big, the biggest thing for me, though, I think is like, and I feel like I'm speaking for a lot of Cubs fans, is we finally got some closure on the situation. Like, and I tweeted a video of me do, talking about it. Like, and that's what I said. Like, it, it sucks. It's sad. The relationship between him and the organization doesn't exactly seem great, that's for sure. Um, and hopefully that stuff can be mended uh, in the future, perhaps after he retires yeah. or, you know, as time goes on, you it know, will. things if will, it, it things will change. It needs to be, it will. Right. And hopefully the Cubs will make a, like a real effort to try and, like, fix that, unlike with certain players like Sammy Sosa. Let's Don't get me started. Um, but, yeah, I mean – to me, it's just like the fact that he's, he's going back to the Yankees, whether it's the money or the years or whatever. To me, it's just like, all right, we finally got some closure. It is what it is. They they, they got me up a little bit last night. Shout out Hector Gomez. I'm going to remove you from my timeline. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, again, I'm just glad that we can just finally move on from it. I know a lot of people were ready to move on from it. I am ready to move on from it. Well, you so, always uh, said – you were ready to bring one or two, uh, bring a guy back. Right. Not the whole core back. Exactly. It's a totally different situation saying you're moving on. Look, bringing one guy back, you're still moving on. Yeah. Now, maybe this leads to Contreras getting a new deal. And maybe he's going to be the guy you consider bringing back, even though he never left. You know? Right, right. But at least he I might be the core piece. Help. What's that? I wanted to give I wanted to give Cody a hug yesterday after I saw that video. I just wanted to give him a hug, pat him on the head, you know, let him know it was gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's a trooper right now, but he, he's he's yeah. through. Well, I mean, I just down. feel like again, I just feel like I'm speaking for a lot of people. There were a lot of people on Cubs Twitter last night that were legitimately sad that 
Rizzo went back to the Yankees, and then a bunch of other people who I feel like not only were they over it and just ready to move on, but it's almost like they don't they didn't even like appreciate what he did for the organization. It was like time, too much time had passed to even remember what he did in in sixteen and the years before that to help build the organization to get to where it was. And I feel like like that's a lot of disrespect. And I know like the the negative crowd always is louder than the than the the nicer crowd. But I don't know, man. Like to me, it's like we're past it all. There's faults on not only the organization, but I think we can at least say that there's fault on his agent for, you know, convincing him to go to free agency. Like, there's there's a lot of faults on both sides, in my opinion. So, does, to me, it's it's ready. I'm, I'm ready to just be done with it. Doesn't this kind of justify um, what Jed Hoyer said after after the fact that he put he can, like, go to sleep at night knowing he gave these guys a fair, fair deal? And, I mean, with Rizzo, he's now he's one of the top ten highest paid first basemen, but – it's not exactly the conch out of the realm of what the Cubs are going to offer. No, right. instead of seventy million guaranteed, he's getting thirty-two million guaranteed. Different timelines for how long, and he can even opt out. He's betting on himself, which I don't hold that against any player. He could opt out after this first season if he has a great season, and it's it is possible that he could still earn as much as seventy million over a five-year period if he plays really well and his back looks good and his knees okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think when you look at the setup that a lot of these guys were taking, and this will be a hypothetical conversation, but let's say the Cubs offered him the five for 70, right? And he turned it down, which we believe is true. Then they didn't have a conversation with him. In this case right now, if they had gone back to Anthony Rizzo in the last three days, do you think the Cubs would have re-offered five for 70? I would say no because the market was showing he wasn't going to get five for 70. So now the Cubs would have had to come back with an offer less than that. Let's say it was closer to the two for 32 or maybe it was like three for 40, whatever that might be, okay? Right. Anthony Rizzo would have to look at that and say, well, I turned down your bigger offer (laughs) and he'd really have to swallow his pride to take an even lower figure at a later date, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I can see that being difficult for any of these players. Maybe the Cubs wanted somebody back. Maybe they still want somebody back, but they probably want them at a slightly lower rate than what they were originally offering them when they said, hey, let's do an extension. Yeah, That's a tough pill to swallow, and that's why I believe none of them will come back. You know, and it's, you know, unless Chris Bryant shocks us or Castellano shocks us, that's going to be the case. It's just going to be Contreras left with Kyle Hendricks. And I don't, I personally don't blame any side. I don't blame Jed now for making that five for 70, which originally I thought was maybe a low ball offer. Now it doesn't look like a low ball offer. And I don't blame Anthony Rizzo for betting on himself and saying, I'm the captain of the team. Mm-hmm. I won you the World Series. I deserve more than that. And I think I can get more than that. It's just the way it unfolded. Right. And like you said, it's closure. It's time to move on, and that's okay. Right. Now you can focus on the future of the franchise, the next great group of Cubs players, and you hope Suzuki is one of those players. Right. And and personally, I hope the Cubs have learned, like the front office has learned from like this, the last like four years of just, I mean, I know we're going to have to do this with Contreras, but like it was, it's, it's felt like every day, in the off season, every off season, even in season, especially with Chris Bryant, it was like, 
when are these guys getting a contract <laughs> extension? Are these guys coming back? <laughs> and it's like, like, I'm not, I can't be the only person that's like, this is mentally draining. Like it, it meant like the whole Rizzo thing. Like it was so mentally draining to me because it's like, I want to be on his side, but I mean, I'm a Cubs fan first. And like, again, I know that he wanted to bet on himself, but I'm also thinking of the betterment of the organization as well. Like, if the Cubs would have sent back the offer of five years, seventy million last night, I mean, who knows if Rizzo would have taken that? If that was way more than any other team would have offered him, and I would have been okay with with that as well. Like if they if he had taken that, but of course I probably would have thought that was a little much considering how he did in twenty twenty one. I think that's just what professional sports are, man. Like it's all about what have you done for me lately? And to be real, like we were talking about earlier, Rizzo's numbers in twenty twenty one. They were as bad as they were in 2013, back when yeah. he was like a Across you know the board. A, yeah like a rookie or a second year player. So, you know, I, it's just a tough industry for the players, and I get it. You know, you go and get whatever you can, but you gotta you gotta show it. And some guys can, some guys haven't. So, you know, again, just glad it's over, closure, <laughs> and now I'm ready to talk myself into thinking Chris Bryant might be an option. I so. see a lot of familiar names chop uh, coming up on the chat. On YouTube right now, Rachel's on again. Ferris is out there. Rachel pointed out the business side is always brutal. And that's true. We don't have to make those decisions. They're emotional decisions for the general manager and for the players. And I I believe it's one of the reasons Theo's not here. I also think that, you know, he he was ready to move on to something new. He told us that was going to be the case. But I don't think he wanted to make that decision about Anthony Rizzo. And I don't think he wanted to make it about Chris Bryant or Javi or, or Contreras or any of them, I think he was happy to win his World Series, hand the keys over to Jed, and be like, you know what? It's your decision to make. Here you go, you deal with it. I'm yeah. out of here. But I definitely do think that we can say that, hey, the, the Cubs tried. They did. We talked about it with Javi, the alleged offer for $180 million back in 2019. He bet on himself. He got six years, 140 from the Tigers. Uh, that's still a nice contract. He's still going to be just fine, but... I'm sure and maybe he, he might regret not taking that just in the fact of maybe wanting to stay in Chicago. I don't, we're never going to know until these guys actually talk about it one day, hopefully. And then, you know, like we're talking about with Rizzo, the same thing. So I'm interested to find out what happens with Chris Bryant. I think his situation's a lot different. And I think that it is because he is actually got like been con- as consistent of the three throughout his career. So We'll see what happens. And going to just back to Rizzo really quickly, he did equate it to a bad breakup when all of this went down. And maybe it's just best for both parties involved. Maybe it's best for Rizzo to get that that welcome back that KB got in September. Yeah. Maybe it's just best for everyone to move on and just let let everything just be in the past. What is Mike right. Dubbs saying? Something about the schedule, new schedules out, and Cubs are ending their season with six straight games against the Reds. Well, so the, there we go. So baby. you're saying it's yeah, not over. Yeah. It's never over till it's over. Yeah, get to play the Reds six times. Although, yeah, we saw Dakota and those groups yesterday saying, "No, the Reds are going to finish ahead of the Cubs." Yeah, but all those things had us not having Suzuki as well. So. Changes oh, oh, good point. Yeah. I ask you just about uh, David Ross. I saw oh, that he spoke oh, today. <laughs> Can you hear me? Did we lose? Hey, him? Ron, near us? Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask you about Ross. How many of the questions that he gets during the day are about guys trying to pull information about 
free agents or trades and how, ma how many questions are about the current team as the way it stands? Because I would imagine there's a pretty good mix down there. Yeah, no, I, there's definitely like a balance. Um, because even when Jed was talking on Monday, he was saying, you know, we're def certainly going to add players and not a knock on the guys here, but we have holes we need to fix. So, you know, a lot of the questions, um, may, you know, Rossi gets asked, especially today, you know, the first one kind of like, you know, kind of hinted at the Suzuki thing. Um, but it's just, you know, there's obviously going to be additions to this team, especially if they're looking to compete, which um, at least publicly they're saying they are. Um, and so they're going to need to have players. We have a few guys that you know, have been reportedly or officially signed today. So um, there's that. There's been that balance of, of definitely of questions of, you know, we want to ask about the guys that are here, the guys that are in Mesa. But at the same time, there's all these other things out there with, with potential guys that could be coming in that you know, people want to know about. All right, Ryan, we're going to let you go because we know you've got to get back to the Tiki Bar to finish writing your article here that the members will be able to read at allchgo.com. And, of course, you got a big beach volleyball coming up, volleyball <laughs> game coming up tonight. So enjoy yourself. He's going to enjoy it with that, that shirt on. SPF 50, life. buddy. Please remember. <laughs> please remember the SPF 50. All right, guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, hold, hold down the fort. I'll be, I'll be back in Chicago soon, though. All right. Love, oh, I actually love the when I get back, man. Yeah. Looks good. Looks good on him. <laughs> we'll see you, you soon, man. Uh, you know, I wonder what the – did points bet or any of the Vegas books have – Odds on Suzuki going to the Cubs or where he might go? I uh, You, you know, can find everything. Though. You can find anything on PointsBet, uh, which is the best way to support CHGO is if you download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you can get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it, Luke. Mm -mm. It's definitely not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. Ryan's Ryan, content. Yep. Yeah, all of Ryan's content, all of Jared's content uh, that we're writing here about the Cubs and, and the rest of the, the teams here in the city of Chicago. Um, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Hashtag dope merch. Hashtag merch madness. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I got it all there, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, $2,000 in free bets. Uh, you missed sick drip. Oh, sick drip. Yep. Well, yeah, you, you can Joey. add to your sick drip. Yeah, you can add to your Dope sick merch. drip. Yes, yes. Uh, that's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better introducing PointsBet's new feature live college basketball same game parlay for the first time ever you can build the perfect live same game parlay only with PointsBet combine your favorite bets anytime during the game want more you can boost your live same game parlays watch live parlay live and boost live with PointsBet and now online sign up is available in Illinois you can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish off from your phone so easy luke did it he's so excited about it I'm giving him a winner for tomorrow's Again, look, uh, ncaa look, tournament i'm sitting a little crooked because my wallet's <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, thicker than it was yeah exactly beginning he's, of the week yeah he's he's rolling in the the money um <laughs> you can download the points bet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone plus during points bet march or match madness all users can earn up to 
$100 in free bets. During each round, you can place a $50 pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to use for that round. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. Our guy Ferris is on the uh, chat line saying he still believes they need a first baseman or a DH. And speaking of DHs, one of the guys we had said would also be a nice fit, speaking of former Cubs, was Kyle Schwarber, and he got paid. He did. There was a lot of activity for Schwarber. Uh, He goes to the Philadelphia Phillies four years, 79 million bucks, and I'm going to put it out there right now. The great Schwarbino will lead the National League in home runs this year. I like the fit for him in Philadelphia. Um, I do think he would have been a good fit as a Cubs DH because they needed a left-handed bat. I'm not saying bring everybody back, but Schwarber also would have been a great fit to come back, and I think he'll be terrific in Philadelphia and lead the National League in home runs. Am I crazy? No. Uh, my guy Sean from uh, CHGO Bets Daily, he placed the bet two days ago. 25-1. to 1. Yeah. which I will be looking at on my points bet app as soon as we're done with this show. You're yeah, going to help, yeah. right? I'm going to help you out. I don't even need your help. It's that easy. <laughs> uh, Swerber, he's only 29 coming off of a 32 home run season. It's a safe bet. I mean, I think his best years are ahead of him. He's back with his hitting coach from the Nationals, I believe, as right, well. Right. The guy that kind of resurrected his yeah. power. Yeah. So and changed his swing. swing a little bit. Yep. Yeah. So he's in for a big year. Him, Bryce Harper, it should be fun over in Philly. Yeah. And, and they're still trying to get Chris Bryant there. Can you imagine that Phillies lineup if they added Chris Bryant to the mix? It won't be fair, man. It's a pretty good Phillies team. Yeah, it's already a good Phillies team, honestly, that's underperformed ever since they got Bryce Harper. But you add Schwarber and Bryant with Harper and Reese Hoskins, like, ugh. Like, you, I, I mean – Still waiting to see how the Braves finish out their lineup without Freeman. I know they got Olsen, but, I mean, it's on paper. Kind of looks like the Phillies could be that team that – that them or the Mets. Uh, the Mets have the pitching, no doubt. Never know if you're going to get the offense out of them. But, you know, it's going to be a fun race in the in the NL East. It, I, don't, I don't think there's one team that's going to run away. It's going to come down to the very end. There were a lot of fans on Twitter, on chats – Anywhere you wanted to go, you could find fans of teams around Major League Baseball angry that Schwarber went to Philadelphia. And I think that lets you know what type of player most people expect him to be next season. Oh, yeah. Um, I still think Kyle Schwarber's arrow is going up. Absolutely. When you talk about the former Cubs, we've seen some of them sort of level off. We've seen a few dip. I still think Schwarber is the guy in that mix whose arrow is still going up. Yeah. And especially with the DH now in the National League. For sure. Yeah, he definitely comes off to me as someone who has finally hit that that I don't not peak, but like hit that stride to where like what we were thinking we were gonna get in like 2017, 2018, you know, coming off being part of the World Series in sixteen and, you know, the comeback the way he did. There was a lot of people that were high on him coming into seventeen and eighteen and obviously he had a lot of struggles. Um, streaky hitter for a little bit. Um, but I felt like Schwarber started to trend up really around second half 2019. Um, unfortunately, the pandemic season kind of derailed that. But really, when he, last year when he went to the Nationals, uh, that that's whenever, you know, he really finally hit his, his time. So 
Yeah, I'm I'm happy for him, man. As much as I want him on the Cubs, I'm happy for him. I hope that he has a great season with the with the Phillies. I'm glad you mentioned Schwarber's 2019 season. 38 home runs, 92 RBI with a 250 average is not that far off from what he did last year. He hit for a better average in 2021, but like you said, the pandemic kind of knocked him off of that trajectory that he's mm-hmm. still on. So it should, it should be And that's exciting. just 60 games. But, I mean, if you look at the numbers in 2020, they're obviously not great. Yeah. So. so let me ask you a tough question then. Both. <laughs> Kyle Schwarber, four years, $79 million, Or Seiya Suzuki, five years, $85 million. Which deal would you rather have? It's uh, tough. I'll let you go first so I can think about it. <laughs> um, I'd go with Schwarber. I'd go with Schwarber. You you know what you're – well, you hope you know what you're getting from Schwarber in terms of uh, average and hitting for power. And he's also more of a known commodity than Suzuki. We A lot of it with Suzuki is projecting of what he's going to be. He is a multiple-time gold glove winner, five-tool player, everything. But Schwarber, he has that track record. Mm-hmm. And I'd have to go with Schwarber. Yeah. Well, Schwarber, how old is he? 29? 29. Yeah, 29. Suzuki, 27. Going to be 28 in August, like you said. Similar in age, just slightly yeah, older. So, yeah, slightly. But I do feel like that might have something to do with, yeah. you know, the, the, the price change there. Because, you know, in four years, he's going to be in his mid-30s. In five years, Suzuki's you could still argue in five years, Suzuki could still be in his prime, early 30s, you know. So, who knows? But just for devil's advocate, I'll, I'll take Suzuki. Yeah, and I, I also think um, while I was pushing hard for Schwarber, I don't know that the Cubs were ever really in on that conversation. And, I'm you know, the bidding could have gone up even higher. Maybe he really likes Philadelphia and the fit that he's got there. Um, the flexibility that Suzuki gives you does have a value to it. If he, if he does turn out to be the Major League Baseball player that you think he can be, the Cubs are in a win soon hopefully window not necessarily a win now window for the world series if you were building this team to win the world series specifically this year 100 percent, i would take kyle schwarber if you're looking at 2023 24 25 as more your window suzuki makes more sense in that he's young he can get adjusted to the league he gives you more flexibility. He can play more positions potentially. And if it doesn't work out, his money comes off the books and the new young guys can come in. Maybe he fits in with that mix. Maybe he doesn't. But Schwarber would – I just – I think it's more flexibility. And the Cubs have been looking for that flexibility, the contact first guy. And I think both guys would have been great fits if they could have – if they had a choice to get either one, and we don't know that's the case – I don't think he could have gone wrong with either deal, but I think there's a really good reason to be excited about Suzuki. Yeah. That said, you got to factor in the defense, too. I mean, obviously, Schorber is, you can play first, can play left field. Obviously, he's going to play a lot of DH, too, but let's be real. Like, it's very average at best at those positions for him. Suzuki has a high ceiling defensively. So, you know, I do, I, I think when you, if you're considering upside, kind of like what, what Luke was saying, you roll with Suzuki, Schwarber, still lots of potential ahead, but in all facets of the game, I think you're going to get more out of Suzuki. Lil Yumper's mad, says even with the Suzuki signing, it puts the Cubs payroll in the 120s. Why aren't they going harder on Correa? 
It feels like, like the Machado situation with the White Sox. Um, I disagree. Listen, I'm happy that they made a move. If I'm a Cubs fan today, I'm saying they spent some money. We'll see if it works out. You know, it's not mm. a guarantee. Um, does it stop them from getting Correa? No. No. It doesn't mm. stop them from getting Bryant. It doesn't stop them from getting Correa. It doesn't stop them from still trying to get another starter. Yeah. Castellanos. Um, Castellanos, it, it, yeah. it doesn't eliminate any of those opportunities yeah. if you really want to spend more I money. Do, he says it feels like White Sox Machado situation, and maybe I'm completely wrong about this, but from my memory about the Machado situation with the White Sox is that the rumored offer for him was like 175, and then he ended up getting well over 300. Yeah, way million. over. So, He's also not going to get Machado money at this point. It's a I different mean, game, I don't think. Well, are you, are you you're talking about Correa? Yeah, and, Correa and, is and, not going to get Machado money at this point. Well, I don't think. And you're, are you thinking that just because of where we're at in yes. the, the spring? Yeah, not because he's not a good player. Right, I just think he's right. not going to get that much money well, in the landscape of where baseball's right. at now. And you, again, like I, I disagree with it feeling like that kind of situation because, like I said, the rumor again, the alleged report was that the White Sox offered one seventy five for right, him. which wasn't even close. Right, and was never close. So. We don't really know how much the Cubs have offered Correa. I feel like they've had discussions. And, again, I don't know. I don't have an in. But based off what we do know and what we can sit here on this podcast and just <laughs> bicker and bitch about with each other, I feel like when they talk to Correa, because they definitely have done that. There have been reports that say that, he have, that the Cubs and Correa have talked. They put a certain offer out there, and that's what they're, they're going sticking with. with it. And they're sticking with it. And – they're waiting to see what everyone else offers, and if it's anywhere close to what the Cubs offer, then perhaps they might counter with something better if they really want them. So, again, I mean, he's still out there. All, I know all the rumors about the Astros. It's looking more likely he's going there, but he still hasn't signed there. We still haven't got a, we still haven't got a report that it's happening. Now that I'm saying this, he's probably going to sign with the Astros. But, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, to me – if it was so cut and dry like that, it would have happened, you know, two days after the lockout ended. You know what I mean? Like, you made a good point on Twitter. Yes, uh, I believe it was either last night or this morning sometime. The bullpen, the fifth starter, these are also needs that can be addressed. And that we were talking about Correa, and obviously Correa is a great player and everything, but this is a win soon type of team. And mm -hmm. Finding that fifth starter solidifying the bullpen for this upcoming season are, in my opinion, more kind of pressing needs. Teams are trying to stockpile arms right now. One of the reasons being you haven't seen pitchers. They get hurt. You haven't seen them in the offseason because of the lockout. You've got a shorter spring training, so you're going to try and amp, ramp them up faster to get them going. And for the Cubs problem, they, they had some openings at a lot of positions whether it was starters or relievers, they've got opportunities there. You know, maybe some of the young guys fill in. They did make a couple of deals today uh, outside of Suzuki. David Robertson, a one-year deal. Uh, he missed all of 2020. Pitched 12 games last year in metrics. Or maybe he was a little unlucky, they're saying. Mm -hmm. um, and Stephen Brault, a lefty from the Pirates, looks like he's starter depth. Listen, the bottom line to all of these guys that they're signing, Chavez, Robertson, Brault, uh, who am I missing there? Chris Martin. Chris right. Martin. They're all depth moves. Mm -hmm. You're not looking at one of those guys, anybody they're signing to be 
the number two starter, the number three starter. You're not looking at somebody to be the closer yet. They still need to fill those positions, some right. of them, but this and is they're trying to I, I they're trying to back themselves. I genuinely, up a bit. when you talk about the bullpen, not only has the have the Cubs, they have earned the right to kind of get the benefit of the doubt on how they built them. I mean, let's be real. After 2018 or during the 2018 season, that that bullpen was so run down by Joe Madden. And then starting in 2019, moving on, they started using these reclamation projects and just high flyers and everything. And for the most part, it's worked out pretty well for them. Now, I do like. I also think that they're doing well on the farm when it comes to the bullpen too. Like right. we talked about earlier, a few shows ago, Ethan Roberts, a guy that I think will be with the Cubs this year at some point. Braylon Marquez, will they bring him up as a starter, or will they start him in the bullpen and then eventually move him to a starter? I mean, considering where the roster's at right now, I mean, I could see them put him in the bullpen the first part of his career and then moving him to, as a starter later on. I, again, spitballing. I don't know. I don't have an in. I'm just talking. Um, but so you consider all that on top of these depth pieces. I feel like the Cubs are just kind of loading up and they're just going to throw them all out there and see what happens. And I'm okay with it because they've done it before and it's like worked out. I mean, the Cubs bullpen last year was really good before the deadline. And no one thought Andrew Chafin was going to be good enough to even be able to trade the deadline and get some sort of piece back. Same thing with Ryan Tapera, who's actually still out there, and I wouldn't mind if they went and got That's him what back. they're looking at for these guys. That's yeah. exactly what they're looking at with these players. They're not necessarily saying these guys are a big part of our future. They're saying if we can build them back up into something – we might be able to get prospects at the end of the season exactly. if we're not in it. And you can do that whether you're trying to be in it or not. Correct. In it. That's Correct. the thing. I feel like a lot of fans don't realize that. So, Well, the sheriff went for two years, $12 million to the Tigers. Personally, I think that would have been a little too much to spend in that position right now, but we'll much. see what else they decide to do. But does that seem a little rich for you, two for 12? Two for 12. That's – Little a lot. Too, lot. That's a lot of money. It's a lot more. It's a lot of money for a reliever, no doubt. It's and he's not even going to be their closer. No. In a year, you're not trying to win the World Series as well. Yeah. It's a little too rich for my allegedly. Kyle. But allegedly. the Tigers also have a lot of money. They have an up and coming roster. Like, I I get it, especially if it's only two years. Like, you know, it is what it is. Like, am I am I upset that the Cubs couldn't bring Andrew Chafin back? Only because I love his vibe. That's it. But, like, <laughs> as far as, like, baseball and all that, not really. Well, another guy that went, uh, there was, you know, it was kind of fast and furious today, which was exciting because this is what we expected last weekend. We thought it was going to be this quick, and today it started going. You know, there were trades. There were signings. Mm -hmm. uh, the dominoes started falling, and then, you know, the cap man was the first one here in Chicago, my buddy David Kaplan, saying that Suzuki was coming here. And then he followed it up with also the Cubs are at least exploring or kicking the tires on Zach Granke, who has now gone and signed with the Royals. But that goes to and points to exactly what we're talking about. Somebody that wasn't going to be a big part of the future if the Cubs were looking at it. And maybe he had a good first half of the season, even though this was going to be his 19th in Major League Baseball. If he had a good first half of the season, great. If you're in it, great if you're not in it maybe you can get something trading them in the second half to a team that says you know what we need to pick up a few starts and we're trying to make the playoffs so and he's a name 
Don't be surprised if there's more of those type of moves still coming for the Cubs. If they'd explored it with Granky, they're probably thinking the same thing with some other guys that are still out there. And it's a good way, that, that type of approach of getting a guy in. If he's good enough to trade at the deadline, then so be it. That's a way to replenish the farm system at even the lower levels of that farm system. Just keep bringing in guys into it. And that's how you, you don't have situations where the farm system is completely void of talent or one of the worst. It's just you're bringing in those high upside guys. Right. Obviously, Cubs fans, if you had to ask them, what do, what do you want added to the team? They're going to say Correa or Castellanos at the moment. <laughs> Let's say those two are out of the picture now with the Suzuki signing. It doesn't necessarily mean they are, but I'm just, for mm-hmm. sake of argument, let's say they're not looking at those two guys anymore. Where do you want to see them make their next move with some sort of impact player? Is it the rotation? Is it the left-handed bat? Is it a reliever slash closer? Um, well, I, a friend of Chicago media, um, Bruce Levine, tweeted that the Cubs were interested in finding depth for the corner infield position, so third and first base. Mm-hmm. Um, he mentioned Colin Moran would be an interesting piece. And I don't know a ton about him, but I do know that he is a Cubs killer, so I'd actually just be happy <laughs> he's not killing the Cubs if that were to go through. Yeah. Um, but if we want an impact player or potentially an impact player. We've talked about the last few days, but the Cubs could get involved with the Padres again and figure out a trade with Eric Hosmer and then get a prospect in return that is high level because if the Padres want to move Eric Hosmer, they will have to, you know, with the contract, they will have to give up some sort of value. So so they do have this space, like you said, $120 million right now. Right. We mentioned on the chat, they were saying it's $120 million, there's space to do something. Hosmer's expensive, and he's at the end of his career. But if you can stash him for a little while, he's still in his like early thirties. If you could take but, him, yeah. and get a great prospect back for him, and then eat some of the money and trade him at the deadline if you needed to to a team that's looking for a bat. Fair. If he is playing well, right? If he's playing well, it doesn't seem insane. And <laughs> he, he could he could play. He could play in the infield. He could he could work with Schwindel on a platoon. I, yep. I don't care what you do with him. If you get who are the prospects you would want from the Padres, that's another question. You know, yeah. to me, you'd have to get somebody in the top. It'd have to be a top 100 prospect in Major League Baseball right. for me to take that contract. For on. sure. Yeah. And the, of, and the Padres have those. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, and that's kind of what's been floating around, oh. that they would be willing to trade one of their top three or so prospects. I mean, granted, they've also giving away some of their prospects in order to capitalize on this window. But mm-hmm. you can get, like you said, a top 100, top 50 guy for two, three years of Eric Hosmer, who we talked about this earlier. He, If he gives you average play and you get that prospect back, it's a win. Right. And, and again, with Hayward coming off the books, eventually you assume you can, you can deal with some lost money in a Hosmer deal you could even eat some of it and trade him if you need to, or you could just eat it all if you had to. But if you tell me, I said top 100. If you give me a top 25 prospect, I'm all ear. I'm all ears right now. For sure. Yeah. No. And I, I got pretty big ears. Is <laughs> you know, it w- that like it makes so much sense for the Cubs to be in this or to at least be involved in this. It's not like a situation that they are in very often. 
Um, so it's it's a very unique situation, and that's why, in my opinion, they need to get in on it. And it actually makes a lot more sense. It makes more sense to me than even signing, like, Castellanos. Like, there's no real rumor out there that the Cubs are even interested in no. Castellanos right now. There have actually been rumors that the Cubs have been talking to the Padres regarding Eric Hosmer or Will Myers. So, I mean, to me, it's... It's like, okay, Padres, how bad do you want to go sign Chris Bryant? If you want us to go sign That's Chris right. Bryant that They're bad. You're Bryant, too. Right. Like, do you, you want, want him to go to the Rockies if you're the Padres? <laughs> no. Probably not. No. Only, it, but they probably wouldn't just based off the fact that they were going to be missing out on him. They, right. they yeah. wouldn't be afraid of no. him coming or the, or the Rockies. You don't want to have to see him every, you know, all the time either. But Right. But Agreed. if they want to have the money to spend for a Chris Bryant, they got to get Hosmer's contract off the books. You know, Cubs are right there. It'd be kind of unique to how the Cubs would, in a way, help Bryant get signed <laughs> if they were to take Hosmer off the Padres' hands. You ready for a little March Madness? Yeah. You ready? All right. Absolutely. We want to get to – we've got a little sweet 16 bracket for you, Cubs style, coming up that we're going to let you vote on polls – we're going to work through some of the brackets here just for our last segment. we got about eight minutes left. Um, it's not something you can... Oh, wow. Can we legally do that? Uh, it's not something you're going to find on points bet, but you can find everything else on points bet, right? Yeah, you can find... You got something for us? Yeah. Tonight, we said it on the bet show, me and Sean Anderson, for he's on part of the White Sox show as well. We're on Notre Dame minus one. We are on Notre Dame minus one against Rutgers. Uh, that's your points bet pick of the week? That's my points bet pick of the week. And uh, we Why? Like the Why Irish. are you so in on that? Because Rutgers mm-hmm. is uh, a hot and cold team. I don't know how much you follow college basketball, but they play very well at home at the Rack uh, in New Jersey. Um, but this is a neutral site. And uh, this, the first four in game, they – in my opinion, only reason that Rutgers even got in on this is because they're in the Big Ten. And uh, in my opinion, the Big Ten got too many schools into uh, the tournament. And I'm a Big Ten guy. I'm Fair an, enough. I'm an Illinois fan. Like, I, I want the Big Ten to succeed. But I do not think Rutgers even belongs in this tournament. So uh, you, can, you, don't, you can't say that about Notre Dame. I was actually surprised that Notre Dame was a last four in. Um, I think Notre Dame rolls tonight. All right, let's get to the sweet and savory 16. We've divided it into two regions. We have the Wrigley Ballpark Classic region, and then we also have the Wrigleyville region. So in the ballpark, out of the ballpark. We're going to go through the first-round matchups today. We'll put those polls out there. You can vote for your choice in each one on Twitter later today. And then we come back tomorrow, we'll look at the results from the first round, and we'll look at... The next matchup. So, all right, Joey, what do, what do we have? Give us the matchups. All right, so kicking us off in the ballpark region, we have the one versus the eight. All right. That is the Vienna beef hot dog coming in at the one seed versus the lemon chill, mm. also occasionally referred to as the lemon ice. Yeah. <laughs> next up in the ballpark region, the number two seed, Big Pretzel, takes on the number seven seed, Giordano's Pizza. Hotly contested matchup. That's a that's a heck of a two seven matchup. Right the big there. pretzel, yes. which is we want to specify, that's the north side twist pretzel, only sold at, at one or two gates in Wrigley. Comes with like three dipping sauces. Comes in like a see, pizza t- box. See now, tough to find. Yeah, gives you a little extra. Come, yeah, it's 
Yeah, it's, it's a, a good. It's, it's a, not in surplus. You can't just find it everywhere. So yeah, that correct. is a vote for the big pretzel. Right. Number three seed, Big Slugger Nachos takes on oh. Bona Beef. Big Slugger Nachos in the helmet. That might be my upset pick. Like that's a that's a strong candidate to go all the way. All the toppings, not just like the cheese and the all pop, the like, way. All of it. Three seed. Huh? Well, three seed. All March the way. Madness. You know, <laughs> it is March. And then finishing off for the ballpark region, we've got the four and the five matchup. This should be close. We got the batting helmet ice cream taking on peanuts or cracker jacks and or cracker jacks. That's a tough one. Obviously, you know, two classic uh, ballpark yeah. snacks there. Right. Yeah, I mean. I'm All right, let's, you want to start at the top with our picks on this, what we think we, we would do? Yeah. Vienna beef versus the lemon chill. I used to like the lemon chill as a kid when you could get nothing at Wrigley Field. So I, I, I see that, the lemon chill. I'm like, all right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, a hot dog at the ballpark, Vienna beef from Chicago. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I can go with the eight upset there. If it was the chocolate malt... Maybe I would have done it. Yeah, uh, I will keep it short and sweet, man. There's nothing like getting a hot dog at a baseball game. Done. So, so you're sold. <laughs> I got the upset. Oh, really? Give, give me the give me. You would go with the lemon chill go, or the lemon chill. chill. All right, All right, but lemon. I think you've been outvoted two to one. Yep. <laughs> so we're gonna in our version we would mm-hmm. choose the hot dog, but that doesn't mean the poll's gonna work out that way. So we'll right. see uh, what our viewers and listeners go with when we put it out on Twitter. Two seven. Big pretzel or Giordano's slice oh, of deep dish. God. This is this really is a heavy hitter. You said it is. It is because big pretzel is one of my favorite things at the ballpark. Same. I Mine could, too. Oh man, I could eat that thing by myself. I could share it with people and eat it and be fine. But oh man, if I'll, I, if I'll I, vote big pretzel because again, you can't get it like that just anywhere. Whereas right. I can get That's a, a slice point. of Giordano's delivered to my house. Yeah, that Northside twist is it's. To me, it's going all the way. I'm already just putting it out. Ooh, there. wow. I like it going all We're, the way, man. You're all in on that pretzel? I'm going with the pretzel. I'm going with the pretzel. Sure. Like, you, you made a great point. You can get Giordano's anywhere. Yeah. And it's great. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so we would move the pretzel on. We would move the hot dog on. Now it's the helmet nachos or a bone of beef, an Italian Ooh. beef, Ooh. which is Chicago Ooh. to its core, yeah. you know? Yeah. Here's what I would say. <laughs> I, I, the big slugger nachos... I have to get them with, I don't like the jalapenos, so I'm a picky eater. I, you know, yeah. big slugger nachos are not my favorite thing at the ballpark. I know they are for a lot of people. However, if it's bone of beef, if it was Al's, or if it was Portillo's, for me personally, I'd be more likely to go with the beef. Mm. So you're going nachos. I'll be the deciding factor and let you guys <laughs> If you guys decide on one, I'm willing to go with that. I uh, man, this, the, I feel like the helmet nachos are kind of like one of those, like, first time going to Wrigley Field, like, yeah, got to get the helmet nachos. Kid with the cheese all over yeah, their face yeah, on the yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah, The beef, I've had the beef before. It's, it's, it's great. Bone it's of beef good. is still good. Don't it's get me good. wrong. Yeah. It's good. Uh, but I think the nachos are, like, just a little bit more iconic. That's why it's the three seed. Like, it, like there's a reason that mm-hmm. it – the, it has a, a stay in, in not just at Wrigley, but just all across baseball ballparks. So, so Del Mendo's going nachos. I'm going nachos. My grandmother might not let me in the house after she hears this just of how much of a fan <laughs> she is, but I got to go with nachos over beef. Really? <laughs> over the Italian beef I from Bona Beef? I love nachos. <laughs> love nachos. All right, so I don't even have to give a vote on that. We're going to go 
<clears throat> with the uh, batting helmet full of nachos yeah. minus the jalapeno peppers, please. <laughs> uh, and what was the last matchup we had? Uh, looks like batting helmet ice cream versus the peanuts cracker jacks combo. I, I, I don't know the last time I went to a ball game where I didn't get peanuts. Right. A bag of peanuts. That said, a little batting helmet Sunday with a little hot fudge on top. I got the sweet tooth. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the four seed. Yeah, I uh, I got, I'm going with I'm going with peanuts here because uh, again and or cracker jacks. Right. If I if I'm gonna say that nachos have like a mainstay in like baseball mm-hmm. and all this, I can't say that I can't not do the same thing with peanuts. Like every time I go to Wrigley, peanuts is one of the first things I get. One because it's cheap. Two because it's iconic. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with peanuts. I'm a big peanuts or Cracker Jacks guy, and it's it's baseball to its core. Whenever I think of Cracker Jacks or peanuts, I always think of baseball, specifically yeah. right. summertime yeah. baseball. There's no seventh inning stretch song about Sunday, so I'll, <laughs> right. I'll agree. Anyways, right, we got to speed Twitter, up right? a little bit here for the next uh, for the next region here. So oh, geez, I forgot we got a whole other. We'll region. go. We'll go quickly here for, okay, the, quickly. for the Wrigleyville now, region. Then we'll put up the uh, bracket on Twitter. So Wrigleyville region. This is around the stadium. Number one seed, Big Star Tacos, takes on the Brick House Polish. That's a good one. I'll go Big Star Tacos. I'll go with the tacos. We're going with the one seed. All right. Then we got the Do-Right Donut, any any menu item, mm-hmm. uh, versus the Smoke Daddy Pulled Pork Sandwich. Mm, mm, I, I like a pulled pork, but Do-Right Donut's one of my favorite things in the city, so I would say you guys are out of your mind if you don't choose Do-Right <laughs> yeah, Donut. Yeah, I'm going with the donut as well. Going with Do-Right. All right. All right. Then favorite we got so the far. three seed, Weeder Circle, Chocolate Shake. <laughs> Snuck in after winning their uh, conference championship. Yeah, not cheap. Takes but. on the Cheesies Grilled Cheese. Mm. Oh, man. I, go ahead, Luke. You go first. I would... S- <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's an expensive item, but I would go with the chocolate shake at Wiener Circle. <laughs> and it's a bit of a walk, too. <laughs> I like... Well, it's a bit of a walk, but so is Cheesies. Cheesies is down, That's true. It's down off on, uh, That's true. on Belmont. So it's, it's a little bit and of a walk. And the chocolate shake's not even on the menu. It's one of those items you got to request. <laughs> yeah. I'll go with Cheesies, though. I love I love that place. I'm going to go with Cheesies. I love Cheesies. Oh, wow. So, the, wow. Okay, all right. Looks like we would go Cheesies. And we got one more? Finally, no? we got the Blue Demon Sandwich at Lucky's versus a slice of Demos. Oh, God. These are two I have never had. Well, I've never had Lucky's, but I definitely... Like, I've, I've been to Demos, though. And Demos... It's not Chicago style. I guess you could say it's more like New York style because it's a big slice. But, man, I, I love the macaroni pizza. That I, I just Macaroni I pizza. I'll try that. Pizza. I've ne- never heard of that, honestly. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Lucky's. I've never been to, to Demos before. So, got to go with Lucky's. That looks like a solid 4-5 or five matchup. So, Joe, you're going to put them on Twitter today? Someone says yes, Demos. We'll the follow comments. it up. Oh, yeah. See what the people think. We'll give the results of the polls tomorrow. And, uh... See how it goes. And hopefully, by this time tomorrow, the Cubs have made another big signing. Oh, yeah. I hope so, man. We asked for Korea? it. We asked for it on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We got it on Wednesday. We're asking for it on Wednesday. We're hoping it's happening on Thursday. You're, t- you're saying there's a chance? I'm saying there's a chance. Thanks for uh, checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. We will see you tomorrow. Corey is going to join us uh, and be part of the cat. You're going to be back, too, maybe, for a little bit? Yeah, for a little bit. I like it. All right. Hey, let's hope for big things. Today is Suzuki Day in Wrigleyville.